everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is the CEO of the Digital Medicine Society, Jen Goldsack. Jen, how are you today? Yeah, really well. Thanks, Jared. Uh, excited to be here. Excited as well. You're you're one of the close, even though we're we're doing this virtual, we're not so far from each other right now, uh, both being in the Tampa area. That's right. Southwest Florida emerging as that great med tech hub, right? Absolutely. Next time we'll have to do this in person. We'll, we'll be on the couch. It'll be like a talk show. It'll be a ton of fun. Um, I can use my <laughs> I'll hands. I'll share all my deepest, darkest secrets. It'll be great. Exactly. That's exactly what everyone wants to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm really excited to chat with you. We've we've met a few times because uh, we went to the the American Telemedicine Association conference That's and. Right saw each other without knowing who each other you know was at the time and now we're able to do this so for the people that don't know you Jen give uh, give them a little bit about your background and then we'll do- dive into the digital medicine society yeah, of course. Jen Goldsack, CEO here at the Digital Medicine Society, uh, or DIME. Uh, we'll talk more about that later, but my background, um, I'm a chemist by training. So my research was into liquid crystals. So I'm staring at you in an LCD screen. So I'm feeling quite proud of myself. Um, but after you know uh, spending some time in a lab, realized that that wasn't where I was going to spend my career, actually did nothing sensible for a while and was a full-time athlete, uh, competed at the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, which was extraordinary. And despite my accent, my mom's American, so I was actually on the US team uh, and ended up staying. So uh, decided to put my research uh, sort of interests and, and training to work in a different way and actually ended up working in the healthcare system. The healthcare system in the US is so different to what I experienced growing up in the UK. And so it was always fascinating to me. The timing was terrific because obviously once I started working at Penn, which is where I started, we had the passage of health reform, the High Tech Act went through and we really started using things like electronic health records. Um, and, uh, and over this whole sort of, you know, decade plus, correct, actually 15 year nearly now journey, uh, not only have we been digitizing healthcare data, but the technology has been maturing rapidly. And so it's been a real privilege of my career to see that happen. And now here at Dime, we spend a lot of time trying to think about how we harness these new flows of data and how we leverage this technology to improve the way that we care for people. How did that come about? How did it come about like you, you know, joining the organization as the CEO? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So as I said, I sort of had this career that spanned research in healthcare environments. So first at Penn, second, um, co-founded a Pragmatic Research Institute, actually in a community healthcare system in Delaware. Uh, the Value Institute, then went over to the clinical trial side of the house, worked for a public-private partnership, the Clinical Trials Transformation Initiative, led their digital program for about four years or so. And by the end of this journey, was absolutely convinced of the power of digital to you know, really address some of the most pressing and persistent challenges in healthcare. The recognized also that the likelihood of us getting it right by accident was almost, uh, you know, uh, slim to none. Uh, and, you know, the third piece that sort of came together for us, Jared, was, you know, we feel pretty strongly that the digitization of healthcare is probably one of the most interdisciplinary endeavors that there is. We need our you know, patient and citizen science colleagues. We need our cybersecurity experts, the physicists and the engineers making the chips and the sensors. We need the product folks. We need the data scientists, clinical scientists, clinical care providers, 
we need healthcare executives, payers, regulators, investors, funders. We all need to be speaking the same language. We all need to be pursuing a common North Star. We all have to be on the same page with what the incentives are and the best practices are. And then we have to be equipped with the skills to actually deploy. And there wasn't a there wasn't a home for all of those organizations with an equal seat at the table. And that was really the imperative behind Dime. Can we create this big tent home for all of the experts we need? And then can we harness their superpowers to actually drive the field forward? And to date, you've done so much for the field, and it's it's actually hard to find someone that doesn't know uh, what your you know your organization or um, has come across your organization. But even still, right? There's still these challenges that exist in advancing digital medicine. Can we? I, I always like to talk about the challenges because I feel like we have better chances at you know altogether you know, fixing these challenges if we talk more about them. So talk us through some of the challenges that, that you're still seeing that, that exist in this space. Um, I would say it probably falls into three categories. I think the first is, you know, the promise of technology. What is it and what isn't it? The challenges that we face in terms of caring for people, keeping people healthy in the first place, developing new medical products, delivering healthcare, doing good public health, supporting individual health promotion Technology offers a huge amount of promise to solving some of these most pressing and persistent challenges, also emerging challenges, but we're not going to tech our way out of this. And so I think we need to consider digital and technology more as an enabler than a silver bullet. And I think rallying people around that mindset, these are a new set of tools in the toolbox that we have to figure out how to leverage and use. That... I think as a field, um, we are still aligning around that vision and what technology can and should do and what we should be supporting it to advance, but also where its limitations and where are things are fundamentally human problem that we need to address without relying on technology. I think the second one is, I just said that technology isn't a silver bullet, but I also think that tech is no longer the limiting factor. Right. There are I don't think that there are any limitations in what technologies can do today. It, we have to think about how we deploy them. We have to think about are we creating the right business incentives and environments to actually do the necessary data sharing, for example. There's no technical reason why we can't do it. Right. When we think about these data breaches that we've seen all too often in recent years, that's not because we don't know how to do good cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is a commodity in every other industry except for healthcare. And it's not because we don't understand the tenets of data privacy. It's just we haven't taken the time to actually educate, priority, prioritize, and um, sort of take optimized approaches to how we use and unfortunately are currently misusing data. So I think it's recognizing the human component. And then I think the third piece is let's not get frustrated. This is an enormous industry in the US alone. Healthcare is a $4 trillion industry. Globally, it's a $10 trillion industry. It's not going to change overnight. It's heavily regulated. There are very funny incentives and we just have to be patient and keep pushing. Yeah. There's, there's lots of things that we can push early on, uh, in terms of regulation, it's, it's a constant grind, right. To, to continue, you can't, you almost can't push too much because that can also create issues, but also, uh, that slow grind of, of kind of knocking down some of these challenges, uh, one by one. Right. 
Well, and the regulation's interesting, right? And, you know, we have the privilege of working very closely with regulatory colleagues, right? And they can be at FDA. It's America, everything's regulated. So, and especially healthcare. So it's not just our FDA colleagues. They don't regulate the practice of medicine. They regulate products. Then we have all of these other agencies that do great work, whether it's around standards, whether it's around oversight. So we can look at you know, the FTC we, uh, for, you know, oversight around some of these data breaches. We can look at the great work that ONC is doing, for example, in the way that they're promoting standards and interoperability. There's a lot of work going on. But I think there's also a bit of a misnomer in industry that they are expecting. They are hoping, I think expecting is probably unfair, that the science is just going to be laid out for them by the regulatory agencies. And there's absolutely no reason why our regulatory colleagues should be any further ahead in this cutting edge industry um, than our sort of academic colleagues or industry scientists. This is a new space. We have to figure out what the regulatory science is together first before we actually establish the regulatory policy. And the more that we can coordinate, and this is so much of the work that we do at DIME across different groups of experts, including regulatory colleagues, and build this experience, build that regulatory muscle together, the much more quickly we're going to get to a very clearly defined um, and a highly functional regulatory environment. And we're further ahead in the U.S. than most. We mustn't, we mustn't forget that either. One of the other things, Jen, I wanted to dive in with you here today, and hopefully we can have you come back on. We'll get the whole group together. But you recently announced this uh, Cancer X collaboration, right, that you're putting together with it was Moffitt. And there was, there was a few others that were a part of it, right, a few other organizations. But yeah. um, I know it was, like, really you and Moffitt that, like, made the announcement, right? Um Talk us, just give us a quick overview of that. And and obviously, like, we would love to have you come back on to dive more into it. Yeah, of course. So uh, for folks who don't know, uh, the White House reignited the cancer moonshot in 2022. Um, so the goals of the reignited cancer moonshot are to reduce the number of deaths from cancer by 50% in the next 25 years. And that's an audacious goal, but it's a goal we have to collectively achieve. I was listening to a podcast this morning and one in two of us will get a cancer diagnosis at some point. That's where we are on in terms of the burden of disease right now. We know that burden is not equitable. So this is not a target we can shy away from. And then at the beginning of February, um, the White House marked the one year anniversary of the reignited cancer moonshot with essentially their manifesto for year two. And one of the things that they announced was Cancer X to be established as a public-private partnership, so true collaboration between industry and government to harness the power of innovation to achieve the goals of the moonshot. Um, and in partnership with our colleagues at Moffitt, we were absolutely delighted to have the opportunity to co-host CancerX as this public-private partnership. Our government colleagues are at ONC, at OASH, and in the White House, of course, um, and we are building this incredible big tent coalition to help us really think about how we shoulder the responsibility, quite frankly, of this incredible moment in healthcare innovation, digital in particular, and how do we direct that to make sure that we are achieving the ambitious goals of the cancer moonshot? Um, and Jared, there's a couple of ways we're doing this. Um, we have an ongoing and rolling series of evidence generation activities where there are gaps in the science, where we are unclear about what good looks like at the intersection of digital innovation and cancer care, that's where we're going to be doing work. We're also going to have a rolling series of accelerators so that we are supporting 
young organizations with great ideas to be successful in this most important of environments. Um, and then third, we're going to be doing um, and supporting a, a variety of different demonstration projects. So we show, not just tell people, that this actually changes the way we develop new medical products, the way that we prevent and the way that we treat and cure cancer. And if you imagine this all coming together, it's kind of like a flywheel. We figure out what good looks like. We support young organizations to be able to deliver on that. And then we put it into practice to drive progress towards scale. Um, and right now we're actually recruiting to the inaugural membership for CancerX. So if this piques anyone's interest, join us. We have to figure out what the right things to go after are. In cancer in particular, there's an opportunity cost to every decision we make. Help us make sure that we are taking this opportunity and we're directing it in the best way possible. I'm really excited too to get you and the whole the whole crew on to dive more into this as well. But uh, you gave us such a good taste of of what you're going to be doing here, and uh, it's it's so important. And really appreciate you and and all these organizations for coming together to to launch this initiative, uh, this awesome collaboration. Um, my my last thing for you before again, I want you back on. It's and it's not just because you have an amazing accent, which makes it <laughs> listening to episodes so uh, awesome. Um, you're, you're just a great person. Tell us about like, you've been smiling a lot during this. And then even when I, um, anyone I've met says that you're just, you know, super happy. What do you love most about what you're doing here? And there's probably a bunch of things, but like, what's exciting you about, you know, uh, waking up every day and then building out the, you know, digital medicine society. I, that's a big question, but it, and you're right. I am. I'm really happy that leading this organization is the sort of privilege of a lifetime, and I think that's for two reasons. One, Jared, for all of us working in this field right now, it's not that often that anyone in their career or even their lifetime has the opportunity to build a new field from scratch. And you know, healthcare is a field that is designed to care for people. It's designed to improve lives, and we have this wonderful opportunity to think about how do we take this moment of digital transformation and actually get it right out of the gates? How do we harness digital tools in the practice of medicine to make sure that we actually can care for every single person that our industry exists to serve, that we can make care more affordable and sustainable, that we can come up with treatments and therapies and solutions and cures that work for everyone, where currently we have absolutely to offer nothing to offer some people who get certain diagnoses, that we can actually reimagine the healthcare industry, not just to be something that takes care of people when they're sick, but stops them getting sick in the first place. Like This is the career opportunity of a lifetime, and it feels important every day to make sure that we're doing everything possible to get it right as quickly as possible and as soon as possible. So, you know, it's the mission. But I think the other thing is when you are working on something, when this is your goal, when this is your mission, either at your organization or in the community that you are trying to build, and that's what we do here at Dime, I mean, just what a privilege for the sorts of people who want to work with you. The team at Dime is hands down the best team that I have ever worked with. It's this extraordinary team who works hard, who has fun, is passionate, supports one another, um, and just sort of lives and breathes the mission. And that brings some of the most extraordinary innovators with us. If you think about the partners we have, we don't have anyone who's like resistant to change, anyone who doesn't believe that we have this opportunity to improve lives. And so, you know, what's not to like about a day at work? You're doing great work with good people. So yes, I'm almost, almost always smiling. I love it. Um, well, Jen, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I already can't wait to have you come back on uh, and wishing you the, the best of luck with, with everything. 
Fantastic, Jared, great to be here and I look forward to our next conversation.